everyone. Welcome back to Lash Boss Radio. This is Shelby, your host. And today I'm joined by Erica of Luminous in New Jersey. We're talking about a lot of topics today, but some of them are avoiding burnout, which is really important, raising your prices, and the evolution of the lash industry. She's been in the industry a really long time, so she can actually speak to the changes that she's seen and the direction she thinks it will go. I think you guys will get a lot out of this episode because we do cover so much. So without further ado, here's episode 18. Erica, welcome to the show. Shelby, I can't take this. This is so exciting. I'm finally talking to you. <laughs> I know. I'm excited too. Um, so let's just get right into it. Um, okay. How long have you been in the beauty industry? Okay. So I have been, this is always a hard question because in my brain, I'm permanently 26 or 27, <laughs> but in real life, I'm 40. So I'm always like, oh, it's been like five years, but it's really been a lot lo- longer than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got 2006. So I started in the beauty industry in 2006, which would make that about 12 years ago, I guess. Um, and I, it, you know, it was a twisty, windy, um, uh, like little path to get there. I'm formerly a high school English teacher. I am formerly um, an executive assistant in the fashion industry. And I happened to, one of my friends said, oh, I, I, my friend needs somebody to be the receptionist at the salon a couple of days a week. Do you mind doing it? And I was like, yeah, that's sure. That sounds fun. And from the first day I sat down in the salon, I was like, I'm never leaving this industry ever, ever. When you first got started, were you more interested in doing like skin and makeup or at what point did lashes come across or come along? I didn't even know that lashes existed. I didn't know they were a thing. So I sort of was unenthused about um, being an esthetician and I loved makeup, but I, I knew that the only way to work in the industry was to go back to school. So I went back to school and I figured, you know, I'll figure it out somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, a client told me about lashes back in 2007 and it, it just sounded like a little weird. She was like, I, I get these lashes and they sound great. And, you know, it was, it was, it just sounded a little weird to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went to the IBS show in New York. Um, like, right. It's, so I live like 10 miles outside of New York city. Um, and I went to the IBS show in New York and I was pregnant. I was really pregnant at the time. And, uh, a, a booth, a big booth said, Hey, come lay down. Um, we'll put 10 lashes on each eye and, and we'll see what you think. And I was going to say no, but my feet hurt so much. Mm-hmm. So I laid down and they did 10 lashes on each eye. And when I opened my eyes, I was like, sign me up wherever this <laughs> is. I just, the effect of 10 lashes was so intense right? Um, for me. So I wound up getting my certification through one of those big companies I think in 2000, it had to be 2007, late 2007, 2008, something like that. Um, was this the same company that put the lashes on you at the booth? Yeah. Yeah. I, I really didn't know. Like I said, I didn't know anything beyond it. So this mm-hmm. was my first interaction. So um, it was um, Nova Lash and they were really organized at the time. It was like, Hey, we have a booth. Here's your training. Here's your kit. Here's your, all of it. You know, I was stunned by the price, but Mm -hmm. I was super excited about it. And I went and I learned lashes. And, um, I, again, like the thing that's most astounding to me about that time in my life is that I didn't think anything else existed. I didn't know there was another big company. I didn't know there was extreme. I didn't know there was anything. So I kind of hit the ground running just using those products, that technique. Okay. What do you feel like has changed since your first lash class? Okay. So like everything, right? Um, (laughs) I think one of the amazing things and looking back at those big companies at the time was one of the things is that they're, they're very organized, right? Like they're, they made it really easy to sign up for the class. They made it really easy to attend a class Sure. and they presented the the information in a really easy way. Um, What I didn't realize at the time was that it it is, and it continues to be, and, and I'm not, you know, afraid to say that 
you know, sometimes very antiquated information mm-hmm. um, where the the lash industry is changing so quickly, but it's not catching up like in their manual or mm-hmm. like maybe in their classes. Um, and I can understand why when you're running big companies, sometimes it takes a long time to, to create a change. It was probably about a year later where I had another Nova Lash artist reach out to me and say, hey, I want to check out your, your, I want to check you out. I want to meet you. At that point, you know, I was working in a salon and you're really isolated in a salon if you're the only lash stylist, right? You have nobody else to talk to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not know at that point that there was this big world on on Facebook and on the internet and this like woman and I connected and said, she said she'd come and, and watch me lash and her name. And I have, I always have to give everybody props. Like, sorry, yes. I'm going to like name drop here, but I, I, like, like I have to give her props. Her name is Martha LaCary and okay. she's out of Florida. Mm-hmm. And she said, listen, there's this big world on the internet. Go on, wake up in your makeup, go on Facebook, check out, um, Alpha Lashers, check out Lashers Unite, check out this company, that company. And I remember my first time in Wake Up In Your Makeup, I was like, holy shit, there's so much I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how to exactly work the platform. So I just read it for hours and days and all of this stuff. And, and, And then to then one day see a lot of those people in the, on the Facebook boards was really exciting. Um, the first person I called outside of the Nova lash company to order anything was Jill at lash effects. Okay. And Jill was so firm and encouraging. And she said, open your eyes, research there's so much more out there there's so much more you need to learn Mm -hmm. and you should start by researching adhesive and then that was it and I was off and running I mean there was no turning back yeah didn't Jill wasn't she the one that either got her hands on or knew someone who could um get her hands on one of those what is it called like a scale for the eyelash weights Oh, I have no idea. I think that I have she no was. idea. Yeah. But let me tell you, she, I was like, I'm using this adhesive and it's super thick and it takes so long to dry. And she was like, you need to learn. She, and she was really so nice to even take the time because I literally had no idea what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. She was like, you need to learn about humidity. You need to learn about temperature. You need to work with different types of adhesive. I was like, wait, there's different types where? Um, and she just gave me a whole bunch to research into and, and, and she really got me my start to like look around. And then that's when I came across like who I consider, you know, the, the greats. you know, that's when, I, that's when I started, you know, fangirling over Jill and, and, um, I forget his name, the guy at premier lash. And, you know, that's when I saw that there were so many nurses in the lash industry, like, like Rhea Huntas and mm-hmm. Susan Patashny. And that's really where I got like so much of my education was in those boards. Yeah. Same. Um, I, the names that you're listing off, like I immediately can remember like posts that um, I've written or like friends of mine have written and they like would comment and give paragraphs of advice to people that they don't even know. It's so, it's so amazing that they take time out of their day to do that. It's, so cool. And even now, all these years later, right? Cause it's like yeah. more than a decade later and they're still educating people and taking the time to do it. It's, it's, it's really amazing. And, yeah. and it's my first, it was my first experience with meeting people online and actually having real connections with them. You know, I feel like that's like a regular thing now for people, mm-hmm. but at the time I, I, there was no life online for me in that way. But, you know, I love these people and I credit my lash career to so many of these people and I've never met them. I mean, thank God I've met like, you know, Jill and Rhea and Susan and Martha and all these people um, now. But there's so many people that I never met that have educated me and boy, oh boy, am I grateful. Yeah. Have you taken other courses um, since your Nova Lash course um, for like either classic or volume? 
Oh my God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, it, that like started everything. I started taking like a jillion courses. My first course was, and I'm really bad with years, Shelby. So you might have to like, I don't know, check this or fact check this or whatever. My first course that I took was in LA. It wasn't Irina's first volume course in LA. It might've been her second. And it was put on by Jill Villalobos and oh, forgetting her name right now. And I feel terrible about it, but Amber, Amber, maybe. And I think there were like 50 of us in a conference room and in walks, you know, Irina Levchik, this like rock star, Mm -hmm. you know, Russian. And she just changed my world from that class on from that moment. I decided in that class, I was never going to do it a classic lash again. So what year are we in 2018? So I think since 2014, if I'm not mistaken, maybe 2013, I haven't done a single classic lash mm-hmm. since I took that class in that, in that morning. Wow. Um, so yeah. have you trained anyone yourself or you just, cause you own a salon. Yeah. 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 I have a spa. So my Spa is exclusively a volume lash spa, and it has been for I I've owned it for four years. Mm-hmm. Before that, I was exclusively volume, and every artist that has come in there, if they don't have volume experience, we've trained or we've sent to training, or we just believe in uh, that volume is a healthier situation for your lashes. So we make sure that everybody does it at an expert level. How did you go about the transition um, with your clients though? The ones that were used to getting classic, what did you do? So Irina gave us really good advice and I don't know how many people in that class took it. I thought it was great advice. Mm -hmm. Um, At that time I was charging, I'm trying to think, I was charging $95 for a, a, a fill, a classic lash fill. And in the class, she said, the goal is 20% more time and 50% more money. So I quickly did the math and I was like, she wants me to charge essentially $50 more and only spend like, a, you know, a quarter of the time more. This is going to be really interesting. <laughs> but as soon as I saw it on my friends in the class, um, and I, I took it with some other great, like Nova Lash Trange artists, like, um, Cecily Grotema and Amy Young and and we, when we saw the volume on each other because we were practicing on each other we we're like oh we cannot ignore this this is going to be the future right mm-hmm. so I kind of just went for it I came back and I said to my clients I'm not doing classic lashes anymore what I'm going to do is I'm going to do your next two fills at the same classic lash price but I'm but I'm going to do exclusively volume on you from this moment on. And after those two fills, my prices will be $50 more. So I went from um, $95. Maybe I didn't do $50 more. I'm not exactly sure, but I went from 95 to $145 um, after two fills. And they, I mean, they couldn't turn it away. It was so beautiful. How many clients, if any, did you lose when you did that? Oh, I a good bit but I was ready I was I was you know like a lot of lash artists are out there really booked really exhausted um and finally understanding that if I didn't work I wasn't making money Mm -hmm. so I had to figure out how to make more money in less time so I lost they say to to always expect like losing 20% of your clients or something like that and in a price increase but I lost probably that much and gained that much more because, you know, I was the only person around doing it. Right. So for every person I lost, it was okay because I probably gained back that another one and then some. Who were and this is when I was solo. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I think lashes have a really crazy, like, effect. I think that when people see themselves with lashes – it's almost like they can fall in love with themselves again. And, mm-hmm. and, and it's hard to like put a price on that. Right. And especially where I was at. 
And I want to talk about that, what you just said, um, because I was actually on your website and I watched a video that you had made and it, it talks about like inner beauty and like, um, and all of that. So talk to me about your philosophy on all of that. So I've been thinking about this lately because I'm still looking for the words to describe what the heck lash extensions do for a woman. Mm -hmm. I refuse to believe that it is as simple as defining her eyes. I refuse to believe that it is as simple as, you know, making her lash line thicker. Because what happens when a woman sees herself with lashes is that she sees herself again. And I don't know any other way to describe it. Mm -hmm. She just sees herself again in a different way. She considers herself in a different way. It's, it's like, it's like there was an invisibility and then there's a visibility. So and I don't think what she's seeing is her outer beauty, so to speak. I think that's a part of it. But I think that just like when I laid down for those 10 lashes, what I saw, I think, you know, Shelby, like 10 lashes ain't no thing. Mm-hmm. What I saw in the mirror was different than, than what 10 lashes could have offered me. So I think that part of the video that you're talking about, which is, you know, my brand story is that, you know, I feel like as women, we're always considering our beauty, right? And mostly feeling inadequate about it. And somewhere along the line, I decided I'm not going to listen to society's dictation of what should make me beautiful. I shouldn't have to conform to what I'm seeing in magazines or what I'm seeing on TV or what I'm seeing in music videos or what I'm seeing. I shouldn't have to conform because, because I I just had a feeling that I was beautiful somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I had a real issue about like, like who am I to tell another woman that she's beautiful? But every time I saw them in lashes, I was like, Holy shit, this woman's beautiful. Right. And it was more than just what the lashes did for them. Again, it's like, just seeing ourselves differently. I, I, I don't know. I still don't have all the words. Mm-hmm. No, I like that. But, but, it, but j- I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I think th- that the thing that also happens in lashes that makes women beautiful is the connection that that woman has with the lash artist. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's more about holding space for each other. And especially for us as artists, holding space for the woman to let her rest in a world where women aren't getting a lot of rest to let her air out, whatever her, her, she's venting about. Um, and then she rests because there's typically a natural rhythm to a lash service, right? Like this chat, chat, chat for like maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes top. And then they rest at some point. Mm-hmm. And there's something that happens in that rejuvenation. And then with the lashes, there's some kind of magic that happens there. The less women like kind of remember how beautiful they actually are. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think that's why it's so easy to maintain a clientele. Um, once somebody mm-hmm. has tried lashes, like you were saying, they love seeing how they look, but also they create this connection with the artist and with the salon and with the, mm-hmm. I guess, culture of the yeah. salon and they fall in love that's with right. the entire experience. Um, Cause sometimes, you know, that hour is, their only hour that week that they don't have That's right. so much going on. So I'm like, I'm really straightforward when clients, like when we have new clients and I'm like, listen, this is going to be a real pain in the ass for you right now. You're going to, you're going to be like, I cannot believe I have to schedule an hour, an hour and a half every three weeks. Mm-hmm. But if you're anything like every other woman that's been through here, you're going to run to this bed every three weeks knowing that you have this hour, an hour and a half. Right. Yeah. So, so I, I think you're right. I think, I think it's, you know, I think that often once a month they can get to take a, na- a little nap mm-hmm. and they get to rest. And, and it's, it's, it's a really special time to get to a woman. Mm-hmm. So your spa now, what services do you offer there? We offer lash extensions, brow shaping, waxing and makeup. Okay. How many artists do you have? One, two, I, I know I should know these things. I'm, I'm like kind of bad with the number things. I think <laughs> I have one, two, three, four, five, soon to be six flash artists. And so 
how do you go about choosing people to be on your team? Because it sounds like you have a pretty important message that you like to send to your clients. Um, mm-hmm. How do you how do you maintain that same uh, culture within the entire salon across all of those artists? Okay, so th- there's a couple of things. Um, the first thing is that I'm really clear. We're really clear on what our core values are as a company. And I think that when you get super clear on what your core values are in a company, then when you're looking for somebody to join your team or when somebody comes forward and wants to join your team, if that person doesn't line up or if even those that person's values um, don't line up with your values, it, it becomes very easy to say this is not a good fit. And I can say why it becomes very easy. And it's because I didn't always have core values. I didn't always have like, this is what Lumina stands for. And does any of this resonate with you? Because if it doesn't, then this is not a good fit. You know, I've hired for um, talent before and overlooked what I thought were maybe some things that the person couldn't fit in culturally. Maybe we didn't see eye to eye on in terms of like the luminous culture and it didn't go well. You know, I, I could have had a, like, you know, a great and like an amazing, a technically amazing lash artist. But if we don't feel the same way about how we serve and honor women, I, if we don't feel the same way about, you know, keeping lashes healthy, if we don't feel the same way about, you know, the kind of beauty that we're trying to, encourage and draw out and the kind of language that we use around that beauty, it's it's not going to work at Lumina. Mm -hmm. So if we share the same values, if you're, you know, a good person, if you have a really decent work ethic, um, those are all the things that will really, you know, get you hired. My team, I have to tell you right now, Shelby, and I know you feel this about your team too. My team is the bomb. <laughs> like these chicks are amazing. Are they great lash artists? Hell yeah. Are they kick ass people in this world? 100%. Are they, when they're not lashing, putting out amazing energy, still naturally in who they are, affecting the way women see their own beauty, changing the women talk about beauty. Are, they're doing this all on their own in their personal lives because it's who they are at their core. So mm-hmm. I, I have a really kick-ass team right now. I'm really, really proud of them. Yeah, I, I know. I can relate because I feel the same about mine. It's uh, I think there's something so beautiful about a team of women versus just independent. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm not trying to knock that either, but it it is something if you've if you've had both, you're like, wow, like being a part of a team is so much more beautiful. Right. Were you a solo? You were a solo lash artist before you had your teams, right? Okay. So one of the things that I didn't like about being a solo lash artist was that when I would go on vacation, I would come back to triple a book (laughs) when I right, like you'd like, you'd lose your vacation in the first 30 minutes of your day. Yeah. Like when I didn't have people to talk to, I didn't have people to lean on. And the greatest part about being building like a culture rich company is that our team and, and I don't, I don't want it to like sound hokey or whatever, but we're tight. Mm -hmm. We have each other's back with each other, with the clients, with our families. We care about each other's lives. We, I, I care about my employees lifestyle. I know, I know you do too. I know you're so well loved and well liked and well respected. And it's so nice to be on a team that when you get back from vacation, you're going to have a busy book, mm-hmm. but it's not going to, it's not going to bury you in one day, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Cause when you said like you, you lose your vacation within 30 minutes or, or you would, mm-hmm. I, I get that. Cause you come mm-hmm. back on this like high and then yeah. you're slapped in the face with reality. Um, but yeah, when you have a team, yeah. it's like any of us who go on vacation or, or have some time off, we all kind mm-hmm. of like have each other. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. So what product line do you guys use at the salon? Okay. So 
so much to say, Shelby. You're going to have to shut me up. No. Okay. So I feel really, really strongly about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I built a business and, and I have to say, I have the most freaking amazing business partner and her name is Shannon Fitzgerald. And so when I say I, I feel like a little bit of a phony because I really mean we. Mm-hmm. So we built this amazing business based on what I would have wanted to work in um, because I, I had never wanted to have my own business. I really wanted to be a part of a team. The salon that I was working at was a hair salon before, and I loved my job. I loved my team. I loved being a part of that team. Um, but when kind of push came to shove and I had to go out on my own, I created a place that I would have wanted to work in. Mm -hmm. And I'm really in touch with that every single day. And one of the things that I found really stifling was that when I was a solo lash artist, I thought it was really expensive to keep trying product, right? When you're one person and you wanted to try the next three adhesives, like how do you afford to buy all these, those adhesives and how do you afford to keep them fresh and how does it work? So one of my like greatest pleasures is with my team, I'm, we're always, trying things. We have our, you know, we have our favorites, but we're always trying what's new, what's alluring, what we think is interesting. So right now we are a jillion percent obsessed with EBL lashes. Um, they're so super dark and, and we love them, but we have been a jillion percent obsessed with Meraki. We've been a jillion percent obsessed with Borboletta. We've been a, ju- a jillion percent obsessed with Lash Affair. Like, but one of the things that keeps the artist inspired is having access to all these different brands mm-hmm. and all these different things. And, and we geek out. Oh, look at the curl on this one. This CC is different than that CC. And what do you think of this adhesive versus that, that adhesive? And it keeps the conversation really interesting and it keeps artists like really inspired. Yeah. Um, so adhesive, what are you using up there? I can tell you that we are using Lash Affairs Clear Connection. We're using, you, you love it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And listen, I just tried those, those lashes, the Couture lashes. They're awesome. Girl. I'm going to go as far as saying they're sexy. <laughs> I love those lashes Mm -hmm. um then there is so we're using clear connection we're also using um lash makers pure bond we're also using borboletta's ultimate and borboletta's number five we're also we always have some london brows in stock oh i Um, used to love that i used to use that all the time yeah Right. Yeah. I think it's nice for when the, um, I think it was like the original and maybe I'm wrong. I could totally be, be making this up. The original, like low humidity, high humidity yeah, yeah, yeah. kind yeah. of mm-hmm. situation. So we always have that in stock. We've been using Jill's mega X. I think it's called mega X, um, adhesive. And I just got in some of EBL's magic adhesive. I've never tried that. That's, mm-hmm. Um, really um, like a good adhesive. I'm trying to think about what else is in our little lash jars of love. I think that that's it for now. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty much covers it. Um, How about you guys? What are you guys using? We use a ton of Lash Affair. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. How could I forget? True yeah. love. Yes. Love. Yes. Yeah. So we use, we pretty much use Lash Affairs, Lashes. Um, sometimes we use EBL too or Borboletta. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then mm-hmm. as far as adhesive, I think we're all hooked on like the Lash Affairs. We use the one in True Love depending on the humidity. But now we're, a lot of us are hooked on the clear connection, especially if we're um, really fast. So, you know, yeah. the speed yeah. the speed of the lasher varies, but um, the faster girls they love the clear. So yeah, it's nice. Yes. Um, and then of course, tweezers, we use, like, we love the double dates from lash affair. 
Um, and I don't know all the names, but I'm obsessed with the Lash Affair tweezers. Yes. I'm obsessed with them. Yes. Um, the ones that are like, they're, they're called a 45 degree angle, even though that's not a 45 degree angle. Like, I don't know why everyone calls it that. <laughs> it's actually like, it's an obtuse angle. So it's like farther than 90 oh, degrees. So I'm not sure why it's 45, but anyway, um, yeah. So Shelby, you just took this conversation to like another level that I can't <laughs> hang in. <laughs> so no, but they're called double days and we have like 50,000 pairs of those there. But, um, yeah. So, and then we use the Vetus tweezers, the five ASA for the classic lashes or lashes for oh, classic cool. lashing. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I think, um, I, I love the, um, the lash affair with ones that look like a boot. Um, I love those. They're slightly rounded and the ones, and maybe they're called size matters. I'm not sure that have like the little measuring thing on the side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I love them and my girls love them. And I I love that we sort of just like geek out over products. I know. (laughs) It's funny. Um, so let's talk about what ideas or trends in the industry right now, do you see that's controversial that you would like to speak on? <laughs> oh, girl. Um, well, there's a few. There, there's a few things, and it kind of leads into some some conversation that we a little bit touched on. Um, so, my business partner and I, well, she really always says that the lash industry has a real choice to make. We could look at the other beauty service industries that have come before us and decide where we want to be. We could decide to be like the nail industry, um, or we could decide to be like the glam squads, or we could be decide we could decide to be the hair industry. Mm-hmm. And what I think is really interesting about that is. That clearly to me, when I think about all of those, one of them is a dominant industry and that to me is hair, right? And you can look at the most amazing and the most exclusive and the most well done hair businesses. And what the hair business does, I think it looks to build not just jobs for people, but careers. So what that means is they're creating an incredible customer service experience, but they're also creating opportunities for their artists to receive education, to receive a lot of times benefits, um, to create long-term careers. Mm -hmm. We know what's happened to the nail industry, right? We know that as a result of devaluing the service, the, the industry themselves devaluing the service, the industry getting scared at competition and price cutting, price cutting, price cutting, which then leads to cost cutting, cost cutting, cost cutting. We're left with a nail industry that is kind of in shambles, right? Yeah. So one of the things that I think about every single day is how are we going to build business in a way that builds our industry and doesn't tear it down? Mm -hmm. So for me, that's really clear. That's building a business that empowers women to earn, that empowers artists to have long-term careers, not just short-term careers. And I think that we do that by creating community and collegiality. So most lash artists that I know, solo lash artists, I mean, they, some can have very long-term careers, but a lot of, there's a lot of burnout in our industry. I just saw somebody on Instagram the other day saying, I don't care that I'm the busiest lash artist in town. I'm shutting it down. I just can't do this anymore. Wow. And I think, yeah, I, I think that there is, you know, um, there's such a, I've never seen an industry. Let me put it this way. I've never seen an industry where there's such a rejection of working for somebody. Mm-hmm. I've never seen an industry that is so determined for every single person to be their own boss. Like I don't, I don't even understand that. I, I have know. no frame of reference for that in, even, in any other business. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that comes from, you know, a lot of, re, a, a lot of places, but 
I don't know what the hell we're all so scared of. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, and I, and I think that this is where luminous comes in. Right. And, and like we, we've solved the problem because what I hear is, you know, it's hard work. And so I want to keep all the money. Like I so get that. Um, but because I was a person that loved being on a team and craved being on a team, you know, we have figured out a way that we could create a beautiful business for artists to come in and work. And they're making more money than, than any solo artist in the area. Yes, exactly. They're, you know, and, and they're receiving support and they're receiving education and a because family. you can make a right, right. And have a family and have a life and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I think, I get, I think it's pretty controversial because I know, you know, so many lash artists are, are, are on their own. What are, why are we so scared to trust each other to help each other build? Yeah, I agree with that. I've talked about this on um, a few episodes so far. I'm not sure if all of them have aired, but it's, um, it's a thing where like the brands are, you know, putting these graphics out saying like, you're going to make this much money if you do this yeah. many people a day and all that. And it's so misleading just because mm-hmm. I've been on my own. So mm-hmm. I was really booked and I had mm-hmm. a great reputation and all of that. But um, I was not making that much money like as, mm-hmm. as the, that it's claiming because of all of the overhead. Um, if you can find right. a way to have like zero overhead, okay, maybe, but no, it's not like that. Yeah. So my goal was, you know, I'm going to create a badass team of women that love right. each other, that love their clients and that love what they do. And they're all going to make what I was making when I was by myself. That's right. So, that's right. Yeah. And, and I think that that's the difference between saying we're going to go by way of a successful industry, like let's say the hair business, as opposed to the nail salon business. Because what we learned from the nail salon business is that there were ways to find people to do things more cheaply and more cheaply and more cheaply and more cheaply. And now those people are working and they're not making enough to live. Right. Right. And so then they're, they're screwed. The business at some point is not making as much money as it needs to. Mm -hmm. So then the business is screwed. So I think that when you have uh, people who are saying, listen, we're trying to do this so we can build something together so that you can make great money and have a great life and have all the things like satisfied in you of, of, of what your desires are in terms of what you want to do work-wise, what you want, what you're feeling career-wise, um, where you think you want to expand. Do you think you want to be a trainer? Let's talk about it. You think you need to like lay off lashes for a second and you want to focus more on like waxing or makeup services and let's do that. You think that maybe your, your body's getting run down. Well, let's talk about your mechanics. Let's, let's help each other out. But there's such a um, hard pushback, a hard rejection. Mm-hmm. Now, I think about those graphics, but the graphics are, are, are amazing. They're like work two days a week and make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Like, yeah, you can do that. But what's the best way to get last clients word of mouth and social media. Uh-huh. If you're booked back to back and listen, my goals are booked by no means. Am I saying that like, you know, they're getting their, their, you know, feet rubbed in the middle of the day. My girls are booked when you're so booked. How are you going to stop and take a picture? Right. How are you going to stop and set up lighting and set up this and set up that? No, like it's my job to promote you. It's my job to get you busy. You, how are you going to be lashing? Let's say eight clients a day and also trying to, 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 to get clients. Yes. And what if you get sick? Yes. Remember the days Shelby of lashing <laughs> sick because you couldn't, you literally didn't know how you would fit the people in the book. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, my girls are sick. I want them to be at home sick. Yeah. I don't want them to be in the spot sick. Yeah. Um, There's so many days that I've like stepped in and I've taken someone's entire day because of a family emergency or they're sick or or something. But you can't do that when you're by yourself. Yeah. Because people people should should have lives and we should all have lives, right? And, and, um, you know, I hate to borrow from like, Simon Sinek or whatever, but together is better. I think together is better. If you can find like a great people to work with, man, trust that Mm -hmm. and know that you can still make great money and you can still have autonomy in your life. And, 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 but 
but instead don't go work your butt off and burn out because the the comeback from burnout is really hard. So one thing I remember when I was working by myself is that I started to feel burnt out and I felt trapped. I felt Mm -hmm. stuck um, because what was I going to do at that point? Like just give up. And I just started to resent everything. I started to resent um, being at work. I hated my, the space, the energy I hated. I didn't even, I wasn't interested in talking to my clients anymore. Like I just was in all aspects so resentful and just almost hated what I was doing at that point. But it was like, Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be happy. I'm supposed to feel successful. I'm supposed to be fulfilled. And I'm making all this money. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, totally. It's, it's completely different now because you're surrounded by, you know, your sisters and your lash family every day. And I never want my girls to feel that. that. Yeah. I I know me too. And it's like, you know, you have a little dance because listen, it's, it's the rest of the beauty industry hasn't quite caught on yet, but Mm -hmm. it's a, you can make a killer living, you know, being a lash artist, but when and and when a lash artist is like, oh, yeah, I can do this. Give me more. Give me more. Give me more. It's great to be able to feed them those clients. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they're making more money and they're building their lives around that. When that lash artist looks tired and is like, oh. Erica, Shelby, I, I don't think I can do this. Then, like, it's our absolute pleasure to say, OK, let's pull it back. Yeah. Let's get you home to your so you can see your husband or your boyfriend or so you can see your kid or so you can have dinner with your parents or whatever it is. Um, but this intense rejection to like work for people is, is, and, and again, I come to me, I'm like, I freaking loved being on a team. Mm-hmm. I just wish that team was lash artists and not hairstylists. Right. So that was like the only thing for me. One thing that's helped um, our team um, is taking lunch breaks. So that's something unheard of yeah. in the beauty industry. You just like work that's through right. your lunch. But um, it's actually yeah. very highly recommended to take an hour lunch um at pink lady lash but we sometimes like every once in a while we'll open it up for something but um we try to just have the girls work like uh like seven hours total so they'll work an eight hour day but with an hour lunch and i'd say that ever since we started doing that it's kind of just made it easier to get through the day and it breaks up the day and a lot of times the girls have the same lunch so they can go off to lunch and like right. chat and everything. And, um, I think it's really good for the soul to take a lunch and take some time. Yeah. So that's like a constant conversation that we're having with our artists, right? We're saying, do you guys want a formal lunch break? Mm-hmm. Do you not want a formal lunch break? My dream is to be able to close like a doctor's office does for like one hour a day and have like family meal, like a restaurant, you yeah. know, like kind of do a combo of, of the two. And I think we're getting closer to that. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just that everybody's schedules are a little bit tricky, but, um, one of the things, you know, the girls said is like, no, we don't want the break. We don't mind it as long as like, we have somebody that's devoted to taking their lunch orders every day. And when they are on a break, their lunch be there. Um, so that, yeah, so that they're, so even if they just have 15 or 20 minutes, it's there. They don't have to think about getting it. They don't. And, and Shelby, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I hate to, I feel like almost like a spoil, like a mother who like spoils her kids a little bit, like the same thing for coffee. You ladies want coffee, you know, mid morning and mid afternoon, it's going to be there for you. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. So it just helps support them because they, the, you know, the the best part about being a lash artist is being a lash artist. Mm-hmm. The hardest part about being a lash artist is booking clients, checking out customers, juggling customers appointments, um, you know, running to get your lunch, getting more paper towels, you know, whatever it is that you need. Sometimes even when your client wants water and you're a solo lash artist, you're like, what the fuck? Like I have five seconds to get you water, <laughs> you know? And, and it shouldn't be that way. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so we try and create an environment for an artist that they can just focus on being artists and serving women and, and being like artists in every sense of the word. And we try and keep them inspired and, and 
we kind of all love each other through it, right? Because we all have regular lives. We have personal lives that sometimes fall apart or, you know, sometimes get exciting. And so then we can celebrate together too, right. um, which is which is really great. What do you think has been your most rewarding part about um, your Lash career so far? I think it's this. I think I'm living it right now. I think that it's having this team. Mm-hmm. It's, I didn't expect to love watching these artists build their lives. Yeah. I could like totally get emotional about it, like thinking about it right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I have girls who are getting married and having babies and making moves in their lives and taking themselves more seriously in their careers and um, making, being able to make choices based on having a little bit more freedom financially and it's the shit. I am so grateful for that. And, and it's hard work and I'm sure you and I could go on and on and on about how hard it is to, to lead teams like this, but man, it is the shit. And I will tell you, I had a serious like personal crisis about a year ago and you know, my team held me up in the exact same way that they help hold each other up and that we hold them up. And I, I think I'm, I think I'm in it. I think I'm in the favorite part part. I, it used to be the clients, right? Yeah. But now I'm obsessed with this team of mine. Yeah. I can relate. <laughs> yeah. Right. Isn't it, isn't it cool? Yes. I, I really do love it. I kind of talk about that all the time. Like I'll just sit there and I'll say, I love my life. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes I'm like, I'm working too hard and I'm working too much and all that kind of stuff. But the rewards are like, you can't put a price on that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's kind of cool. Do you have any passions outside of lashing? So, I mean, first of all, sometimes it's, it's, um, (laughs) sometimes it's, not easy to forget, but sometimes it's kind of, I have this incredible husband mm-hmm. and this incredible daughter. I have a, a, an almost 10 year old daughter. And the fact that I'm so fulfilled at work, when I leave work, I'm really devoted to spending a lot of quality time with them. Um, they are, they are the shit. I mean, my husband is an incredible father and my daughter is just really cool and into Harry Potter and, you know, all all that cool stuff. And so I spend all, all, if not most, if not all of my time outside work with them. Um, Besides that, you know, I get in my meditation every day. Um, I wish I was doing more yoga, but if I, if I, if I was going to add anything to my outside life, it would be more yoga. Okay. Um, moving my body more. Do you have, um, like a morning or evening routine? Uh, yeah. So in the morning, I, in the morning I wake up and the first thing I do is I notice what it is that my mind went to. So if I wake up, the first thing in my mind is usually, something with a client, something with an employee, you know, oh, I didn't pack lunch or something like that. And I catch it really quickly and I spend some time breathing Mm -hmm. and being really thankful every single morning, no matter how hard things get. um, I will spend time thinking about what to be thankful for. Um, And then uh, I'm just kind of like off and running, you know, um, lately, everything I do is like, I listen to your podcast whenever a new one comes out. I'm listening to a lot of podcasts. I'm listening to a lot of books. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm finding that music and what I'm listening to on podcasts helps sort of determine the vibe of my day. So I fill my morning up with those things. I also talk to my cousin every morning, who's one of my best friends. And um, I also talk to a few, um, of my best friends, not, I, I have like, like, uh, three best girlfriends 
And I talk to at least one of them each morning. What which a- just keeps me grounded. Mm-hmm. What about um, when you're winding down? Uh, what is your evening routine like? I got to be honest. I don't have an evening routine. <laughs> Basically, I... I have been trying to make more of time for that because I basically was finding myself just dragging myself into bed exhausted. Yeah. Um, but lately it's taking a few minutes to kind of um, drink a glass of lemon water and do like, like, you know, take time with my skincare routine and kind of put myself to bed. And I always make sure that I'm doing breath work right when I wake up and right when I go to sleep. But for a little while, I was just falling in bed, going to sleep, knocking out. What type of things are you guys doing for marketing? Sorry, that's completely like way <clears throat> yeah, yeah. unrelated, but just popped in my head. So we have not done any kind of traditional marketing stuff. We do everything on social. Mm-hmm. Um, Shannon, my business partner, handles, you know, um, we actually didn't start running ads, I think for the first time until a couple months ago, we've never had to run ads before. Mm -hmm. Everything we've done has just been through social and especially Instagram and tagging. Um, But we've never had to do anything like with a magazine or anything like that. Lately, we've had some um, people that are influencers come to us and say that they, you know, want lashes. Um, But we haven't really pursued anything heavy marketing wise. I think we focus so much on our branding that we make our message really clear and using that on our social media outlets kind of really spreads the word. Um, right. But our, our, thank goodness our, our, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure at some point our marketing budget will have to be bigger, but we haven't really had to because word of mouth and Instagram really take care of it. Yeah, exactly. What do you think is the biggest struggle that you face um, owning a spa and making it run efficiently? Okay. Two things. Self-care is is a situation for me. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm listening to like Kimber and Trina on your, on your podcast and um, people who are, like totally budgeting time in their life to take care of themselves. I don't think I do that very well. And I only start to do it when I realize that I'm running out of energy and I'm like, Oh God, I got to get my yoga in or I got to go for a walk or that kind of thing because energy generates energy. Right. Right. Um, So when I run out of energy, that definitely gets out in the way of running my business. And then Sometimes the little, not take myself seriously enough. I take myself really seriously, but sometimes I have ideas and, and I kind of like, like shush myself like, oh, Erica, like you're so silly, you know, that kind of thing. And it takes um, usually my business partner uh, to say, hey, 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 no, you've got something there. Let's think about this. Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of, kind of being your own worst enemy in a way. Yeah. Th- those are the two things that I would say okay. get in the way of running my business. Yeah. You know, I could relate to the self-care thing because actually today I was at the doctor and, um, you know, they told me I'm like super anemic again, which has been something I struggled with a long time ago. And it's like, I know it's because I just run myself down and like, don't feed myself. And it's, it's so important to just like be preventative. And so anyone who's listening, just make sure you're eating healthy and taking care of yourself because you're just going to pay for it later. So. So one of the cool things about this like little team that I have is that they're all such healthy eaters, which is yeah. crazy to me because, because I am not. Uh-huh. And so over the years I've like really watched women actively eat healthy and eat in a, in a really um, loving way to their body. Mm-hmm. And it's, rubbed off a little bit on me. Thank God. And, uh, I'm thankful for that, but, but, but yeah, I mean, to hear, you know, any, I, I mean, you hear any great business owner, right. Mm-hmm. And they say they take care of themselves. Yeah. They budget the time to eat and to exercise. And I'm like, it's like simple, Erica. Why can't you just, you know, make those adjustments in your life, but always growing, always learning. We can't be too hard on ourselves. Shall we? Exactly. Um, Okay, so last question. Actually, no, two more questions. Okay. 
Cool. What do you think you'd be doing if you weren't in the lash industry? Okay. So I have some serious thoughts on this. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, because I, you know, like I said before, I had a, a bunch of jobs, a bunch of different jobs. Um, and I was really searching for the thing. And when I found the thing, which for me was lashes, um, I thought that it was lashes. I really believed that it was lashes. I really said, you know, lashes are my thing. But it took me a little while before I realized that I hadn't found lashes. I had found my purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and that my purpose was to teach women about their beauty. And in a way, that was a way for me to help heal myself, right? And the way that I felt about my own beauty. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when things are going really well or when things are going not so well, I think to myself, what would life be without lashes? And I have to remind myself, because you know your purpose, Erica, you're going to take that purpose into whatever it is that you do. So whether you are doing lashes or painting houses or Um, I don't know, tuning pianos, whatever. If you're connected to that purpose of teaching women about seeing themselves as beautiful women, aside from just their looks, you're always going to be happy in what you're doing. And I want to ask lash artists to think about what it is that they love about lashes because yeah, the artistry is cool. And yeah, the, um, the, the techniques are cool and all of that, but it's a hard job. And it's done on a micro level, tiny, tiny, tiny level. There is something else that anchors you to that work. Yeah, I agree. And I want lash artists to think about that. Um, Because, you know, for a lot of times, lash artists, their bodies hurt, um, things like that. And they have to consider other careers. And when you understand your purpose, you can take that into any career Mm -hmm. that you have. Totally. And to talk about like the, um, the controversy in the last, in, in this the controversial thing, if we're looking at, at, if we're considering that the hair companies have been successful, right? Because from hair salons came the need for all these big brands of hair color and of hair care, right? There's like a whole jabillion dollar industry around this. I think that these are the, those are the things that we talked about before that, um, we can do as businesses to encourage these careers for artists, right? And 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 to work together. But I think we also need to look at our suppliers um, and for suppliers to look at who is buying products from them and how to support them. So when I think about hair salons and like Wella and Goldwell and and you know these these are the, you know there's salons that are buying a lot of color from them and how do they support those salons they support them by educating the more they educate the more products people use the more they educate the more retail aftercare is sold and i feel like um i feel like i want to put that out there for like the amazing companies in our industry yeah. is that the salons that are coming up or the spas that are coming up like Shelby's, like mine, like, like other places that are coming up that are doing great things for their employees also need support um, in terms of, you know, affordable education and, and product. And yeah, we, we, in order to, to change this industry, we have to look at what's worked and those models have worked before. I completely agree with that. Um, yeah, I think um, some brands need to, uh, or all the brands need to think oh, about yeah. that because that could actually help them a lot and the salons too, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so last question. What is your motto? So like I was telling you before, we have um, some core values that uh, we live by. Mm-hmm. That's a whole thing on its own, but... I am always drawn to the last stanza of the Marianne Williamson poem called Our Deepest Fear. And are you familiar with this poem, Shelby? I am not. Okay. I can't read it to you because I cry 
every time. Oh. So I'm going to read you the the first stanza, and then the last stanza is what I carry with me every day. Okay. So, oh my goodness, I get emotional every time. Oh. So the poem says, "Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us." And she goes on. It's this like beautiful poem. But the lines that I live by every day uh, when I'm worried about taking a risk or making a fool out of myself or trying something new or what people will think of me as I always think of these last four lines, which go, as we, our, as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Wow. That's, that's what I live by. That's amazing. I actually think I have heard that poem or seen that poem somewhere mm-hmm. because it did sound familiar, mm-hmm. like the parts that you read. So what is that yeah. what is that called again? It's uh it's called Our Deepest Fear Our Deepest. by Marianne Williamson. Okay. I love that. Um no, that's beautiful. Thank you. I hope that everyone is, like can make decisions based out of love and not out of fear and that, you know, we can support each other as, as women, as people who have tons of pressures in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that we can live that way and also set up some nice examples in our lives of people who live that way. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Well, that's all I've got for you until next week. To keep up with Erica, follow Get Luminous on Instagram. I'll put the handle in the show notes. And make sure to tag Lash Boss Radio and share your thoughts about this episode on Instagram and Facebook. I like to pick my favorite shout outs and post them to my Instagram story. Thank you guys for all the love and support as always. And I'll be back with episode 19 very soon.